sisters. And so we'll just get right into it. May, um, may the Lord bless this um, teaching tonight. May you, O Holy Spirit, guide us and direct us in knowing the truth that will set us free and that we would understand what it is of your mercy and of your judgment that we would um, pass from death onto life. So please uh, strengthen us and grant us the understanding of what it is that you would teach us tonight, O Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and thank you, Lord, for such abundant mercy and grace that's only in you. For your glory and honor, amen. So we're going to question seven. And question seven is, what, what, what would... Would God rather punish people or forgive them? And that's a great question. Would you rather have God punish you or forgive you? And that is a very simple question. And the answer is in Lamentations 3.22. So God loved to forgive and show mercy by withholding the judgment we rightly deserve. As Lamentations says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to the end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So there's a song, great is thy faithfulness. New every morning. And what true that is, that God is so faithful to grant us Mercy every single morning. As we see what mercy really is, is not getting what we deserve. We deserve the wrath of God. We deserve judgment because of what we have done, because we were born in sin. As we see in Psalm 51, it says, For I know... Psalm 51, verse 3. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in inequity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, my delight in truth and inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So we see that we are all born in sin, and we deserve judgment. But praise be to God that he has sent a Savior to take that sin away. So what is it, mercy or judgment? What would you desire God to do for you? I mean, we all want mercy. We all desire that God would be merciful to us. Who wants to be judged? Who wants to be judged right now? Who wants to say, God, I'm guilty? We all hide. We all hide from our sin. We don't want God to see our sin. But as we see in the psalm, sin is ever before me. Only against you have I sinned. We can't hide from God. So in John 5, 23 and 24, this is what the Lord Jesus says. That all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who has sent me has eternal life. He who does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. In verse 29, coming down. Those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So we see God is so faithful that he came and says, if you hear my words, if you come to me, you, will may, you may have life. And that life is just eternal life. But if you don't hear his words and you do not come and you continue in your evil ways, God is going to have resurrection you to judgment. So which one is it? Which one do we desire to have? Mercy or judgment? And it's you. Call upon the Lord to ask him, what is it that I desire? Am I hiding my sin from you? Or am I continuing thinking that you are God of love? You won't judge me. You know my heart. You know I love you. But do we? Do we love you, Lord? So the question is, is there's a parable that the Lord gave about judgment and about mercy. And it is in Luke 13, 6 to 9. Luke 13, 6 through 9. It's the parable of the barren fig tree. So let's read it. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dressers, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should I use up the why should it use up the ground? And he said, and he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure then if it shall not bear fruit next year well and good but if not you can cut it down and this is the lord speaking of a fig tree of a tree planted in a vineyard it's an important tree it's a tree that will produce figs back then that's all christ most of christ talked about is agriculture talk about the seeds of the sower he talks about the vine dressers. He is the, he's the, the vine who only can bear fruit. So we see that in this barren fig tree that he planted it for three years, it did not bear fruit. For three years. Now, a fig tree, if we go back and understand about the time of what Jesus is talking about, they understood this fig tree would bear three fruits in one year. Three different, same fruit, three different times. In this tree, for three years, haven't been, did one fruit that came off of this tree. All of us would cut it down. All of us would get rid of it because it's bearing up no fruit. The ground of it is, I could use it for something else. But what, what did he say? This is the mercy of God. And he's speaking to religious people. If we go up a little bit, if we go to uh, in verse um, twelve fifty nine. I tell you, you will. Uh, it says in verse fifty seven. And you, and why do you not judge yourselves what is right? As you go to your accuser before the magistrate, 
make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you would never get out until, the, until you have paid the last penny. He's saying to the fig tree, look, you are not doing anything good. You're not producing what you're supposed to be doing. He's talking about religious people saying on the outward, I love God. I am part of God, but they are not producing any fruit. Look at what John the Baptist says. Fruit of repentance. Brood of vipers, fruit of repentance. Produce fruit of repentance. Who have called you to come? So we see here in the fig tree that the example is this fig tree is not producing any fruit. But God is mercy saying, I'm going to give it another year. See if it produces fruit. If it doesn't produce fruit, it will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That is the judgment of God. So we say that we're Christians. We say that we love God. But are we producing fruit? If we're not producing fruit, we are in judgment. God is giving merciful to us for one more year to this fig tree. But for us, he gives us multiple years. But there will be one day that if you do not produce fruit, you will be judged. In that judgment, you will be cast into hell. So may the Lord guide us to show us what it means to bear fruit unto righteousness, bear fruit unto God. Now, who wants eternal life? Who wants to die in eternal death? This is where mercy and judgment meet at the cross. It's only in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can understand what judgment of God is and what the mercy of God is only at the cross. We see the Lord Jesus Christ taking on judgment for all those that the Father has given them. We see that at the cross, what we deserve on that cross, but through God's mercy, Christ took on our judgment. And through him taking on our judgment, he has granted us mercy that we may have life, and not just life, eternal life that's only in him. Justice is satisfied and mercy is applied. Look, justice is satisfied on that cross and mercy is supplied on that cross to those who put their faith in him. Our God is supremely merciful, but also supremely just. He has just told us in his word, his justice for our sins must be punished by a righteous judge. And who's that righteous judge? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to come back and judge He's going to come back with the sword. He's going to come back and take the wheat and the chafe and separate them from the goats and the sheep. So where are we in this? Are we a sheep? Are we a goat? Do we trust in Christ? Or do we know that God is going to be merciful to us? Of course he will be merciful for you for a time. And that time will be time that he will cut you down if you do not bear fruit. We cannot escape these punishments of God, these judgments of God, unless a perfect work that satisfies his justice is done. And what is that perfect work? It's Christ being born of a virgin, coming into the flesh, and living a life that we are commanded to live. 
We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God in his mercy sent a savior. And we see that justice is satisfied and mercy is applied when you put your faith in him. It's not nothing easy. It's impossible for men to do this. But God commands it. But what is impossible for man is possible with God. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. Where is our fear of God at? Where is it that we are convicted of our sin? And what is our sin doing? We are sinning against a holy God and he's merciful to, for you to repent or you will perish as our Lord Jesus Christ says. If you don't repent, you will likewise perish. That's also in Luke and this is all coming back by the fig tree. He's being merciful to you, tilling the ground, giving you pastors, giving you a Bible to read, praying, giving you lips and a mind and eyes to see that you may read and understand and ask God for that mercy. Why do we not fear God? Do we say to ourselves that God will not know what I'm doing? I'm going to shut the door? And he doesn't see these things? Oh, God is love. God is just going to let us go. Yes, God is love, but God is just also. He must punish sin. He must punish it. That's where mercy and judgment come. We can't separate his mercy from his judgment or judgment from his mercy. Because that's where the cross comes in. Then we have to eliminate the cross. And if we eliminate that Jesus wasn't risen, then what I'm preaching is in vain. It's in vain. Oh, my friend, this is one side of God's attribute of his love. Now we have to look at his justice. How can a holy, just, righteous God turn his, turn his eye from inequity? How can a perfect judge have a blind eye towards us evildoers? He must punish us. He must punish us. But he has mercy on us, not wanting anyone to perish, to die in their sins. He asks, he calls you to come to me that you may have life. All you are heavy laden. I will come and give you rest, the Lord says. If you're thirsty, come to me. I will give you water, everlasting water, that you will never thirst again. And that because you have him, then out of the belly you have rivers of flowing water. How can a perfect judge turn a blind eye to evildoers at the cross? Can God really not punish sin? He has to. He, he, he is righteous and just to punish us for our sin. God forbid would he not be God if he did not satisfy his judgment. And how does he satisfy his judgment? By the shedding of blood. Without the remission of sins, there's, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. In Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions according to the riches of his grace. We see that his blood on that cross where justice was satisfied and mercy was applied. See, God is just to condemn us because of all have sinned. God hates sin. Proverbs 6, 16 and 19. 
In Psalm 5, 5, 6, 16 to 19. What does God hate? Oh, God is love. God doesn't hate. Of course he hates. He must hate sin. And sin is one big bubble that has all these little intricates in it. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that, sh- that shed innocent blood, a heart that devices wicked plans, feet that, are, that make haste to run to evil, false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. In Psalm 5, 5 and 6, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful men. Look, you never told a lie? You never got angry with someone without a cause? You don't devise wicked things, how to get out of, of a lie or get out of something that you know you did wrong? He knows these things, and he hates them. He hates them with a vengeance because you're sinning against him. My sins are ever before the Lord. These are but a few things that God hates. God hates things that you do. God hates things that you think. Others might know your thoughts or heart, but God does the, knows these things. You have walked uprightly before a holy God your whole life. Have you walked perfectly? Have you walked in a just, perfect manner? Remember, he who breaks one of these commandments breaks them all in James 2.10. Look, we are all under the judgment seat. We all must give an account for our lives here on earth. Who could stand? Who could stand God's judgment? And that's wonderful where mercy comes involved. But we praise God for his mercy. His mercy is new every morning. Today, you have received mercy from God because you are not consumed. Praise be to God that he hasn't consumed us yet. But he's coming. We know that. His word says that. This mercy is not the mercy rule as in sports that you win 10 nothing, and it's a mercy rule. That's not the mercy we're talking about. When you are up 10 nothing in the first inning, it's a mercy rule. The, the game's over. Or when you and your friend are, are arm wrestling or hand wrestling, and you say, uncle or mercy, and you have them in your grips, you have power over them. That's not the mercy we're talking about. No, no. Mercy is compassion when judgment is due. Mercy is compassion when judgment is due. Mercy is who God is, not something he has to give you. Mercy is who he is and what he wants and shows his mercy to us. He doesn't have to give it to you, but he delights to do these things. We don't deserve his mercy. Look at 1 Peter 2.10. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have. Look at the tree. Look at the tree. The tree is not bearing any fruit. None at all. And look at what's happening. 
That tree isn't bearing fruit. He's saying, let it go for another year. Let you go for another year, another week, another 10 years, whatever it is. But that's the mercy of God. If we are not bearing fruit unto righteousness, we will be cut down and thrown in the flame. The flame where the worm shall not die and the fire will not be quenched. Not a people, but now God's people. Not a people. What were we? We were enemies of God, fighting against God. But now we are our people of God, adopted into God's family. Had not received mercy, but now you have received it? Because there's always something there. There's always a but God. There's always a but God, but God, but God, but God in the Bible, but God who's rich in mercy. It's Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God being rich in his mercy, rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he had loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. That is the mercy of God. If you have not understood or seen or experienced this mercy, this grace of God in your lives, you're not bearing fruit unto righteousness. And if you say in yourselves, I know I'm saved because I believe. Now where's the fruit that is produced that he will not cut you down? In that Parable, that is to religious people. That is to the Jews he's talking about. People who are called of God, who are not a people. God called them a people. But these are religious people saying that they love God, but they reject God, man, in the flesh. They reject the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what he's saying. You are not bearing fruit. You are not worshiping me. As it says that you, as in John 5. Think about it. That God says, you will hear my voice and you will come. That all that the Father gave me will come to me. Ask him and you shall receive. Knock and he will answer. Seek and you will find him. He is not far from each one of us. Think about it. Rich in mercy because of the great love which he has loved us. When we are dead in sin. When we were dead to God, he gave us mercy. Deuteronomy 7 9 and 10. For now, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love, steadfast love is mercy with those who love him and keeps his commandments to those to a thousand generations and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Think about that. Let me read it again. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and steadfast love, mercy, with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generation and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. God is going to come back with a vengeance. 
But what does he say? If you love me, this is God. If you love me, if you have received mercy, if you know him, if you keep his commandments, it's not that I keep his commandments because I want to be loving God. No, I love God. So I love his commandments. So I desire to keep his commandments because I love the one who gave the commandments. It's not a works here. But can you imagine going face to face with God? Think about it. He's going to go face to face with God. He hates him. How do you know you hate him? Because you sin against him. You reject him. The Jews rejected him. They were the people of God. They rejected him. They thought they were bearing fruit. Even John the Baptist says, brood of vipers produce fruit on the repentance. Are you producing that righteous fruit? Are you seeing that in you dwelleth no good thing, but by the grace of God, by his mercy, that I could worship and glorify him and desire to walk in obedience to him? Look, the steadfast love is mercy. Know that God is God, and he is faithful, and he is not like a man, a liar. Look, our hearts lie to ourselves. They're deceitful. I look in the mirror and I know my heart lies to me. But I know God is true. What does it say? That Lord your God is a faithful God who keeps his covenant. He does not lie. And that is so impossible to understand because we were born in lies. We were born a liar. But God's word is true. Now after reading this verse, what's come to your mind? What came to my mind? Beloved Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. What comes to my mind that God, like when I get, when I'm in a position of sinning, I'm getting angry with someone, I need to step back as the Lord Jesus stepped back and says, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm going to let what happens, happens because his father is in control. I know it's hard for man to understand that. I know we have rights. My rights were given up when I was saved. I have no rights. I'm a slave to Christ. He's my, he is in control, not me. How do I stand back and just let man do what man does? Look at what the Lord did. He was God Almighty, and he let men destroy him, crucify him. Are we better than God? Are we worth more than the blood of Christ? Certainly not, but he is our example how we are supposed to live. We know that God is merciful, and those who are born again should be like God, should be like God. I mean, that, that's a strong statement to say, and to show mercy to others because God has shown mercy to you. There's the fruit. If God has shown mercy to you, you are and will show mercy to others. Because how can you hold a grudge against someone else if God has forgiven you all of your sin? There's another parable that comes to my mind. Think about the man who was forgiven all of his wages. And all of a sudden, the one who owed him a little bit, he came back and said, give me my money. I want my money. And then the, the rich man says, what are you doing? I forgave you yours, and you go to this one and say, give me my money. I'm sending you to prison, and you're going to stay there. There's judgment. Mercy came. He received mercy, and what does he do? He judges his brother. 
He didn't have to. He didn't have the salvation of God. He didn't understand what what mercy was. Do we? Can we show mercy to others? Can we forgive others who sinned against us? Jesus did. Jesus says, "Forgive them, for they don't know what to do." Stephen did. And are they greater than us? Oh, Jesus is, but he is our example because we're to be like Christ. Jesus said in Luke 6.36, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Have mercy and compassion to others as God is merciful and compassion, compassionate to you all. Even Jesus said in Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Happy is he who receives mercy. This meaning of mercy is not an essential trait of a holy character of God to his own sovereign kindness. Think about who God is. It's a trait of God in his holy character, that he could grant mercy. He is merciful. He is love. He is angry. He is wrathful. He will judge you. All these traits are who he is. You can't take one and not take the other. We can't just say, I want mercy and not see what judgment is, that I I should receive judgment, but God had mercy on me. Is our spiritual Features are to be merciful as God is merciful. Shall we receive mercy if we don't ask? Should we receive mercy? Do we deserve mercy? Of course not. Please don't take this verse out of context as the words, as the works of mercy. Oh, if I if I'm merciful to them because I want that I want God to I want to receive God's mercy. No, that's not what this verse is saying. Said this, the verse is saying, we have been born of God and have been imprinted the image of Christ in us. That's why we can have, that's why blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Happy is he who has been given mercy. Remember, I didn't have mercy. Now I receive this mercy. So if we have the image of Christ, is it to us to show mercy to others? So they could receive the mercy, so they could see our difference in actions, our fruits of calling people to repent, to turn. There's only one who could grant us mercy, because he is merciful. He is merciful to all of us. And why, blessed are those who are merciful, who were shown mercies? Who were shown the mercies in your heart and in your life? He is our example of mercies. We are to be examples of mercy of God. You don't fight with people. You don't argue with people. You tell them that, look, God is right, just, and holy, and he has come to take your sins away. Look at Nineveh. Look at Nineveh and Jonah. Some examples of mercy. Jonah 4.2. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, it is not this what I said when I was yet in my country. That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious 
God and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant abundant in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Look, Jonah knew. Jonah didn't want to give him mercy. Jonah knew he's going to go tell them to repent, and guess what? They were going to repent, and God was going to give the Ninevites mercy. And you know what he did? He ran the other way. Because he knew what God was going to do. He knew what type of person God is. And he ran. Is that who we are? Do we know what the mercy of God is? And then when we see a brother in sin or we see someone, do we tell them who God is and what he has done for us? Or do we run the other way? Let God handle it. That's exactly what Jonah did. That's exactly what we do. Ask yourselves, have you shown mercy to others? Jonah ran. He hated those people. They were pagans. He didn't want nothing to do with them. He didn't want to go there. But God sent him there his way. Jonah knew God was going to grant mercy to this city and to those people. Did not like the Ninevites and wanted them destroyed. Oh, do we think the same as Jonah? Do we? Do we not want to tell people about Christ? Are we scared that they're going to say, Oh, you're, you're a Jesus freak. Oh, you, you're a Bible thumper. No, you received mercy, so grant them mercy. Tell them about the wonderful things that God has done for you. Oh, how much hatred do we have for others as Jonah did? What a story. I mean, look at the story. Oh, we all love Jonah. He was swallowed by a big fish and spit on. And, I mean, that's a great story, but think about it. God wanted to show mercy, and Jonah didn't want them to have mercy. God wanted to give mercy, but man did not want to have mercy. That's who we are, and that's why Christ came to say, No, blessed are those who are merciful, that they shall receive mercy. Where's our compassion to those who hate us? Does not God say, Love your enemies? Oh, God, grant me that love that Christ loved me when I was his enemy. I was his enemy and God granted me mercy. So what are we? Where are we in this? Are we a Jonah? Or are we turning and going to God and going to them and asking, showing them the mercy of God and not the judgment of God because they are already under judgment. Look at John 3.36. He who has the Son has everlasting life. He who does not have the Son does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on them. Everyone who is not born again, the wrath of God is on them. They are in judgment, and they don't even know. They know in their conscience, but they don't care. Let's look at Joseph in Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him steadfast love, the mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. In Genesis 39, 21. Think about that. Joseph, he was doing his job and the wife tries to seduce him and he runs away. Leaves his clothes, runs away. She grabs the clothes. He just runs away and she tells a lie. And he gets thrown in prison for doing what's right. 
What's just? I mean, think about Joseph, what was going in his mind. And what, what does the Bible say? God had mercy on Joseph. Even though men threw him in prison. Oh, Joseph had rights, right? No, no, Joseph didn't have rights. He was thrown in prison for a lie. How many times does man judge us for a lie? Thinking that we're something, although we're, we're not being that way. Men are very quick to judge us. But God granted mercy to Joseph in the prison. How many times would we ask, why did this happen to us? I thought I was doing the right thing. And now look, I, I'm, I, I was in a car accident. I didn't even do anything. But I, are we going to have mercy on those people? It was an accident. Are we going to put the hammer down on them? When you didn't do anything wrong, but was punished for doing what was right. And so we have to look at the cross Look, this should bring us to our feet, humble our pride, and show our hearts that we, our hearts aren't right before God, and ask him to change us, ask him to renew us on the inside. And our last example of judgment and mercy is Paul. Is in 1 Timothy 1.13. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. I just broke down blasphemer, and you blaspheme it's without God in any of his ways. You just live your life the way you want to live it, and God isn't any part of it. You know, acknowledge him, you just live your life. You're just blaspheming God. God didn't wake you up. God didn't give you life. It's God is nowhere in your life. You're blaspheming God. You were taking credit for your life that he gave you. A persecutor. A bully controlling. I'm better than others. A persecutor. Paul was a persecutor. Paul hated Christians, so we went on as a bully because he had the rights from the from the Sadducees and the Pharisees to go out and punish and kill and put Christians in prison. And what does Jesus stop them and say what? Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He's persecuting the body of Christ. A bully, a controlling, better than others. That's exactly what Paul was. Insolent opponent. I oppose God's every move in words in actions, I hate God, and I was his enemy. That's what an insolent opponent is. You don't want nothing to do. I oppose God. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with God, especially in his word. Oh, I believe his word, but what, only when it works out for me, when it lines up to what I want it to line up. When God comes in and I, I get it equal with what I think and what God says, oh, I like it when it works that way. But when it doesn't, oh, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing to do with God. You really think Jonah? You really think Jonah was, was acting, oh, I want to follow God? Like Paul, I, I love God. He was doing it for God, right? He was killing Christians for God because it was against his beliefs. In spite of all this, God in his, in his rich and mercy overflowed 
to my, to our account, to his account, and he was ready to forgive me in my ignorance, in my unbelief. God was ready to forgive me. Have you come to an understanding of you're in unbelief? You're ignorant of God's truths? In faith and love of Christ, he restored me to who I was made to be, a true worship of God, who worship him in spirit and in truth. As Paul would say, I was a chief of a sinner. He sought me. He received me. He saved me from myself, from my sin. And this he has done by his mercy. May the, may the Lord grant you and me the knowledge and understanding of what this mercy truly is. That you see that if you are not producing fruit, yet you are in judgment. And God is granting you another day, another year to receive his mercy, to produce that fruit. So Lord, please grant us understanding of this mercy, which is for you, for me, for everybody who does not deserve it. We don't deserve this mercy. But he grants it because that's who he is. May his mercy be renewed every morning, for great is his faithfulness. What a song. His mercy is renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness, not ours. So as we go back, would God rather punish people or forgive them? I think it's both. It's both. God hates the wicked. But he loves those who humble themselves. God desires, has mercy on every single person. But God, you can't take away his judgment because of his mercy. It's all equal centered on that cross who Christ laid his life down for us. So what is it? Lamentations 3, 22, 24. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Justice satisfied, mercy applied. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity just to just open up your scriptures to speak of the wonderful things you have done and what you are doing in each and one of our lives. Lord, if any of us do not know you, may you show us, convict us, Call us, Lord. Break us. Humble us at your feet that we would call out for that mercy. Lord, we thank you that you are such a great God, that you, as your promises, that you have granted mercy this morning. And as we walk through this day, as the day is near ending, that, Lord, if we do not know you, that you, that we would humble ourselves and ask ourselves, do we have this mercy? If we do not, 
we are not producing fruit unto righteousness, then we are in the judgment of God. The wrath of God is on them. Lord, those who have received that mercy and are not witnessing or not speaking of the wonderful mercies that you have done for us, Lord, let us examine ourselves and ask ourselves, are we truly walking with you? And I ask that self to me first. Lord, please examine our hearts. See if there's any evil or wrongdoing in me. Guide me through this wonderful mercy that you have shown us. Grant us understanding and wisdom that we would walk in the statutes and precepts and commandments that you have called us to walk in. Not to show us that we are doing it for our work, but we're doing it because we love you. We love you who gave us the commands and we desire to do it because you are love, you are merciful, you are righteous, and you will come and judge the world. So please, Lord, grant each one of us understanding this day. Amen. So I thank you all for joining us today. May the Lord grant you uh, peace and joy this this night. And um, we just thank you for this day. God bless. Thank you.